Hi, everyone. This is your host, Dean Chris, for Straight Talk on Leadership. I am so excited to be coming to you this week and talking on our podcast. What we're going to talk about this week is we're going to talk about the gap. And the gap is really not between what you are and what you want to be. The gap is actually what you're doing to get to where you want to be. We're also going to do a summary of the class that we just had on Master Presenter. We are just thrilled with the number of folks we had there and all the lessons learned. We're going to share some of those lessons with you. So as always, we say set back, enjoy yourself, turn up the volume, and get ready to change your life. Hi, I'm Dean Chris. Welcome to Straight Talk on Leadership. This is what we'd like to say is the no BS zone, where we give you leadership tips, ideas, and practical suggestions to help you become a top leadership performer. Our goal is simple, help you become the best version of yourself and reach your highest potential as a leader. So sit back, turn up the volume, be ready to change your life. Hi, everyone. This is Dean Crisp, and welcome back to Straight Talk on Leadership. I I just have to be honest with you. This has been one of the most exciting weeks that I've ever had in my life, not only as a leader, but as an instructor, as as a student of leadership. We just got through with our master trainer course in Asheville, North Carolina, and we had 23 students attend that. Uh, It was a limited number of enrollment. We limited it purposely because we wanted to be able to spend individual time with all the students. Myself and Tim Plotz uh, were able to teach the class. And like I said, we had 23 of the most amazing people you'll ever want to meet in your life. 23 leaders of law enforcement, 23 leaders of that group were people in business and, and law enforcement and people who were actually what I call doers. Uh, and they're go-to people. They're, they're actually people that are doing things in their lives that are helping themselves not only change their own lives, but change the lives of others. And this week's going to be about uh, talking about that just a little bit and kind of give you some summaries of some of the comments that were made and some of the things that I learned this week. Uh, just amazing. Like I, I actually took 14 pages of notes and I was teaching the class. So it gives you an idea of kind of the the absolute content of the class, but also it gives you an idea of the quality of the people that were in the class. And so we're also this week in the podcast going to be talking about the gap. And the reason I'm doing the gap this week is because as I was sitting back there and as I was teaching and listening to presentations and watching people grow this entire week from Monday till Friday, it dawned on me that when you begin to put actions to what you want to be or you begin to become intentional, which is our signature course, Intentional Leadership Lead with a Purpose, that was actually the content. But when you start putting that into action and you start doing those things, it really makes a major difference in your life and can change your life. A lot of us want to go in a different direction or we want to do things that progress our lives or be promoted or improve the quality of our lives. But we really don't do a lot. We just kind of sit back and wish we would and didn't really, don't really know how that's going to happen. And we all believe that 
you know, the, the change fairy is going to come by and sprinkle dust on us, if you will. And all of a sudden we become special or different people or better leaders. Well, in the, the real world, that doesn't really happen. But this class, I, I really got an opportunity to see some people grow and see a classroom of, full of people come together and, and honestly change the lives of 23 people and to include myself and Tim Plotz. Tim Plotz was the co-instructor of this class. I consider Tim Plotz to be one of the finest instructors in this great country. Uh, he has traveled and taught over 250 FBI executive leadership courses. He teaches the supervisory course there for them. Uh, Tim and I have been on the road for many, many years. And uh, Tim just added so much value to this class. He just brought his A game and we talk about bringing the A game all the time, but you know, he really brought his A game. Folks, I want to remind you that all you have to do is hit that subscribe button right there uh, from the podcast you're listening to. It will automatically subscribe you. We'll be able to let you know when we have new podcast. Join us at LHLN Leaders Helping Leaders Network. And we are at this network 100% committed to helping leaders grow and to help leaders grow other people. And as I was sitting in the class this week, I, I was thinking about the role of a leader and I began writing notes down and talking about that role as a leader. And it dawned on me that a leader's got to accept three roles, if you will. And those three roles are that a leader truly has to be a student of leadership they have to really learn and they have to commit to grow on a daily basis. And one of the comments I heard from a number of folks in the class was that they were so glad that they got to spend this week with people that were committed to grow and that they themselves got a new, uh, if you will, a new excitement and a new commitment to grow and how they were going to change their lives when they left there and, and help change the lives of others. But you have to be a student of leadership. The second thing is you have to be a teacher and a teacher is committing to making people better. And a teacher doesn't mean that they're going to have the most talent. It doesn't mean that they're going to be the most skilled in the sport. It just means that they've got a commitment to take people to a different a level of leadership and teachers uh, can change people's lives instantly. And you got to commit to be a teacher and you also have to commit to be a coach. Now, those roles are a bit different because a teacher passes along information and a coach kind of sees when you need to take that information and build on it and motivate and help motivate you in some of the areas where you might not be as good or you might need just a little bit of tweaking here or a total turnaround or, or something that you need to really change. A coach kind of watches those things. So a leader truly has to be a student. They have to be a teacher and they have to be a coach. And this week, I don't want to, to get past the lesson that we're going to have. We're going to have uh, the lesson that I learned myself sitting back there and watching those folks present. Now, the master trainer course and the master instructor course uh, we actually call it the master presenter course because it's not just about being a trainer that we were trying to teach or trying to get across. It was about being a presenter. And all of you out there that are listening to this podcast are presenters. 
And you don't have to be at a certain level when you come into this class. We actually had people that have actually never taught a class that was in it, but they wanted to learn how to present their ideas, how to present their uh, thoughts and how to get that across to their bosses. But also if they were going to teach, then how do I start out or how do you start out doing it in the right way? A lot of us learn early on that instruction is just heavy, 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 heavy material, but that's not really how you connect the students. And so in that, we really passed along our life lessons about teaching and instructing. And Tim and I don't claim to be, you know, the the end-all, be-all in instructing, but we have spent a lot of time on the road. And we have spent a lot of time in front of classes, and we built a curriculum around taking those life lessons and those classroom lessons and what we've learned in over, him, he and I together have probably done 700, 800 classes. Now, these are not classrooms that go one day. These are not one-day presentations. These are week-long presentations. And when you kind of put that together, you can see we've been on the road or we've talked quite a bit. And we've learned a lot from our students and learned a lot. So we wanted to pass along those things because, again, we wanted to learn, but we also wanted to be a teacher and a coach of some of the folks in the classroom. And we heard so many wonderful things this week. And uh, matter of fact, in future podcasts, we're going to be having a number of those folks that were in the classroom on our podcast because they just were so filled with information and so filled with exciting stuff that can, you know, literally change your life. And uh, so the students in the classroom just really changed and, and transformed me, if you will. Uh, we had uh, the sheriff of Burke County in there, Alfonso Williams. And if you don't know Alfonso, I would encourage you to look on his website for Burke County Sheriff's Office. And he's very active in the social media things. And, and, and Al is just a wonderful guy. And he passed on some tidbits of information that I, I know that I'll take with me the rest of my life. And he said, one of the things he said was that if you're green, you're growing. And if you're ripe, you're rotting. And that just really struck me. You know, we always have to be green. We never really want to be ripe. And a lot of us that think we've been doing this long enough or a long time or whatever job you might be in that you're actually, you know, you know it all or that you kind of been there, kind of done that, bought the t-shirt kind of thing. But when Al said, you know, if you're green, you're growing, and if you're ripe, you're rotting, it really struck home to not only me, but to a number of students, you know. And another thing that Al said is he said that you talk about youth and wisdom. He says, uh, when you have youth and wisdom, it's very hard or impossible to have both. And I think, wow, that's really true. I can think about all the life lessons that I've learned through when I was young that I wished I'd known now, but just some of those things that were just amazing. Uh, we, one of the students in the class, Jack Bird from Tennessee, he's young. He's only like 30 years old and he has this business that's very successful. And Jack's also a detective at Germantown, Tennessee. And Jack threw out this word called anthro anthropocene. And I was like, what in the heck is that? And he really started to explain it. And he said that, it's actually the age of man where man has more influence on our world than the weather does, the climate or other elements or 
most anything, even technology. And I thought, wow, that is a really, really, really deep thought. You know, that's that's really a, a, a deep thought process to understand that people we have more influence, if you will, on what's going on there. You know, uh, Hobart Lewis was in the class who was just is uh, going to be elected March 10th. We're fairly certain if all things go well to be the sheriff of Greenville County and Hobart uh, just taught us all a lot about connectivity and how important it is to really connect to people and to get your message across. But you off, but first you have to connect uh, just amazing stuff. And, and uh, Alex Tobar from Savannah talked about the knowledge versus the connectivity issue and leadership. Do you follow people because they give you knowledge or do you follow people because of connection? There were just so many wonderful points and and they got me to think. And like I said, you know, I really wrote down almost 14 pages of notes and, and it was just amazing the light bulb uh, moments in that class. And it made me think about my own personal light bulb moments. And I, and I thought, the difference in really good leaders is not that they just have these light bulb moments because a lot of us have what I call aha, bam, or kaboom moments or these light bulb moments where it just hits us, you know, it just kind of cuts on. And I thought about light bulb, light bulb moments for leadership is not, is not really about having one of those. It's the con- continual desire that you're looking for them. You see, that's the difference in really good leaders are that you're looking for those light bulb moments and you're looking to find out, you know, how can I find something that really changes me or something that helps me? And, and you've got to be, you can never have a light bulb moment unless you're looking for it. And just amazing stuff like that. Um, we had one of the uh, uh, folks in the class talk about, and, and I don't really remember who said this, but it really broke the class up and was so funny. They said, you you can't ride two horses with one ass. <laughs> I thought to myself, oh my gosh, that, that is so true. And the, the gist of that was that it's really hard to serve two masters. And when you commit to leadership, you just have to commit to be all in. And I know you have jobs to do, but you really need to commit to, to really understanding that. And Krista uh, Brooke, or we call her Brooke, and that's all I've known her by, which is Tim's daughter. She was in the class. Krista Weaver, she said that she was reading um, a book and was talking about self-talk and recognizing that there's four ways you have to kind of talk to yourself. You have to recognize what you're saying. You kind of have to record what you're saying. You have to revise what you're saying and then repeat the good things. And you know, it's just amazing stuff in the class. And she's talking about Nelson Mandela, that Nelson Mandela said that I never lose. I either win or I learn. So just so many amazing things this week. And as I was telling you, uh, we're going to have a number of those folks uh, on the show or uh, in the, in the, they just have so much to offer. And uh, so I want to get to the lesson here today, and I want to talk about something that I learned about myself in that classroom, and I want to pass it on to you. It's uh, what I talk about, the gap. 
Now, that idea came to me when I was sitting there saying, well, most people want to be something or most people want to do something. And there's generally this gap between what they want and actually what they are. And it kind of dawned on me that the gap is not that difference, but the gap is what you're willing to do to feel that difference. What, what do you do? What are you willing to do to actually fill that void between what you want to be or where you are and where do you want to go? And so the podcast today, I want to give this lesson or talk about this just a little bit so that, uh, for some of you out there who have this gap, and all of us do, I, I don't care who you are, all of us have a gap between actually where we're trying to go and actually who we are or what we are and what we're trying to be. And Daniel Goleman says that when people show themselves to you, there's two types or two things that they show you. One is they show you either their real self or their ideal self. And their ideal self is actually what they want to be. And the real self is actually who they are. And I guess you could also say that the gap is kind of filled. That's kind of a gap too between those two. And I got to thinking while I was in this classroom and I was teaching this week and I was listening to presentations and you've already heard some of the great quotes from those folks uh, and I promise you, we're going to have many, many, many more from them. Uh, and we're going to have some of those folks on the show. But how do you feel that gap? And, and how do you actually judge where you want of what you are in terms of where you are and then where you want to go? And how do you actually do the things that fill that gap in the middle? So there's about five or six or seven steps here that I want to go over with you so that these are things that I'm trying to do myself. Uh, and again, I'm not going to tell you that I'm some master at this or that I've mastered this art of filling this gap. I'm only telling you that I do know that if you work on those things, then you're going to see more results in your life. And when we talk about intentional leadership, we also, that's really talking about our, our real goal is to help you fill that gap between what you are as a leader now and where you're trying to go as a leader. If we can help you fill that gap, then we do believe that the first step in that is becoming intentional, if you will. And when you're intentional in your act, you begin to start doing those things that fill your the gap. Say, for example, if, if you decided that you were going to run um, a marathon, well, where you, from where you are right now to you eventually running that marathon, unless you're a major marathon runner, there's a huge gap that needs to be filled in to make that marathon possible, but to also make that marathon successful. And there's quite a difference, if you will. A lot of us just, and, and I don't mean this in the sense that I think people are not mostly fulfilling, but the truth of that really is. But a lot of us are just surviving in our jobs. We're not really thriving. And when I talk to people all the time about taking a new job and, and I hear from folks every week about promotions or I hear about, you know, how to, should I do this or should I take this new job or what are your thoughts on it? 
And the first bit of advice that I always give people is when you take a new job or you take a promotion, you should always thrive in that job, never take it just to survive. So if you're put into a job or you just begin surviving in a job, it's going to be miserable and you're going to fail. And so what I'm trying to get you to do here is that when you fill this gap, that you begin thriving in what you're doing, not just surviving. So another step is the first real step after the intentionality. And and I don't count intentionality as a step as much as I count it as an absolute necessity. If you are not going to become intentional in what you're trying to do, you will never, ever, ever, ever fill that gap. So the first step is to know where you are. So you have to take a good measure and you have to take an honest measure, if you will, of where you are right now. So let me use David Goggins. And if you're not familiar with David Goggins, he's the former Navy SEAL that uh, completed three cycles of BUDS in one year because he was injured twice and he got washed out within days of finishing both times. And he decided to come back a third time and finish that and became a Navy SEAL. But Goggins also was 150 pounds overweight and needed 40 additional points on his ASVAB. And if you know anything about the ASVAB test, that's not an easy test to score 40 points higher because it's a general knowledge test. It's not something you can really study for. But he began to prepare, and he had three months to lose 150 pounds. Now, Goggins says to himself, and if you watch any of his interviews, particularly about this, he says, you got to be honest with yourself. If you lack in an area, you got to say I lack in an area. If you're dumb in an area, you got to say you're dumb. If you're overweight in an area, you got to say you're overweight. So the difference between where you are and where you're trying to go, that gap, the first step is you have to be honest with yourself and make an honest, and you're going to hear this a little bit later, is you have to have, take an intellectual, you have to take intellectual inventory and actually say exactly where I am. Now, the second step, and this sounds anticlimactic and even sounds a little dumb for me to say this, but the second step is you got to know where you're going. So you got to, first of all, know where you are and know where you're going, and you got to determine those two points. And I refer to those things as what I call in, in my teaching or the, the book that I wrote, Leadership Lessons from the Thin to Blue Line, is what I call a GPS moment. No GPS system out there in the world will work unless you know where you are and where you're going. So if you're going to fill that gap, you have to actually be honest and assess yourself and say, where am I trying to go? But you have to understand that where you're going is not sometimes a absolute definitive point. And that's where this differs a little bit than the GPS uh, machine or the GPS device or app is that let's say I want to be a better leader or I want to, be successful in my leadership. Well, you can judge being successful by getting a promotion, but the journey of leadership is going to continue on. It's going to continue past your leadership promotion. It's going to continue past that title that you get or that office you get or whatever it is. It's a journey. So for me, example, I, I would say I really want to be, I want to impact the most lives that I possibly can. I want to double or triple my efforts. I want to be double or triple triple the influence where I'm at now in terms of leadership, well, that thing will continue to multiply itself. So the second I 
even get close to that, I'm going to say that again so it continues to multiply. But it gives me a target to hit, if you will. So your definition or, or your destination sometimes is not going to be this definitive one unless you say my gap is I want to be a sergeant now I want to be a lieutenant. Well, my advice to you would be, yes, do everything you can to be that, but don't limit your mindset to that one rank because you would be surprised when you become intentional how things progress rather quickly and how that gap fills in. You got to be, the third thing is you have to kind of, as we alluded to just a moment ago, you have to be really intellectually honest with yourself. And this is not easy because our emotions will begin to control us. And when I say intellectually honest with yourself, you have to say, you know, can I obtain that? Uh, It'd be like me saying, you know, I want to be the president of the United States and I want to fill that gap. Well, that probably has passed me in terms of my life and because I'm not willing, number one, to pay the price, nor am I willing to put all the effort into it, nor am I willing to even try to get even close to being that. So you, you can't say this is what I want to be unless you're actually intellectually honest with yourself. I think one of the biggest, and I, I wouldn't say this would be a lie to your kids, but it's it's not good advice to tell your kids they can be anything they want to be. I think the better advice is to tell them they can be anything they want to be within their skill set and what they're willing to pay the price for. So if you know if you can't run really fast, it's probably going to be difficult for you to be the world's fastest person. But that doesn't mean you can't be intellectually honest with yourself and find some common ground there. So you have to be honest with yourself. It'd be like saying, well, my goal, let's say that my gap between I wanted to be a, a corporal and be a captain but I've been in the job two years versus it takes 10. Well, I'm not going to be that right away. It's going to take those eight years because that's the qualifications to get to. I got to be intellectually honest with myself because if you don't set intellectually honest methods or strategies or be honest with yourself, then you're not going to reach them because you're going to be demotivated, if you will. The fourth one is have realistic expectations about what you want to be. And, when you have realistic expectations, you, you kind of know, uh, like I said before, uh, it'd be foolish for me to try to be the president of the United States. That's just not realistic expectations. Uh, for me to be a brain surgeon would not be realistic expectations, if you will. But be realistic in the terms of what your life has been, where your life is going, and what you're willing to pay the price for. So before I said, be intellectually honest. Well, yes, you have to take an honest look at yourself, but you have to be realistic too. So set those realistic goals or set those realistic things into play that you can get done. And then you can start filling in that gap. Now to fill in that gap, you have to be motivated at a level that is beyond what you're probably used to. So number five is, you've got to be motivated past probably what you're doing right now. So I say there's three types of motivation. There's this motivation I call kind of want to do it. There's this motivation of you're kind of determined to do it. And then there's this motivation of you're driven to do it. So if I were just to ask you right now and you think in your head, which one of those most likely would what I'm trying to accomplish get done? Well, you would know right away it would be the driven one. So when you're driven to do something, you're most likely going to get it done. 
And most of us have motivations right now to fill that gap in our life of we kind of want to do it. So I want to fill that gap in my life, whereas I kind of want to do it. So you look at what my goal, I'm going to use my personal goal, if you will. One of my personal goals is I want to use my voice and my resources and what I've learned to change the lives of every single person that I come in contact with. And I want to multiply that by helping the folks whose lives are changed by coming in contact with me, that they again change someone's life themselves, which becomes this force multiplier. Well, let me tell you something right now. When you commit to changing a person's life, you better be in for the long haul. Because yes, you can give them aha moments. You can give them nice quotes and quips. But when you want to change people's lives, man, you got to work at it. So the one thing that I've found since I've been doing this on the road uh, and FBI leader was easy because when I worked for FBI leader, I was teaching, you know, these three subjects, if you will, executive command supervisory. And the material was kind of staying the same. And I would try to always every week change what was that I was finding or new information or whatever. But that became easy for me. You know, it was like it was it was easy, easy to do that. When I started this this uh, company and when I started this, I don't even want to call it a company. I call this when I started this vision, when I started putting legs to this vision that I had, that there was more out there where leaders, if you force multiply leaders into helping other leaders before long, you've had a major influence. And it's not my influence that I want. It's the influence of the message of you can be better. You can impact people's lives. Being a leader in today's world is absolutely way more complicated and it takes more work, but you can absolutely change people's lives because they want to be changed. And that's the interesting thing that's the difference in leadership in today's world versus the leadership in yesterday's world was that a lot of people that you were leading in yesterday's world just kind of got caught up in today's the way it is and tomorrow will be the same and then I'll do 20, 30 years and I'm finished. But new employees that are coming in now, man, they want to be world changers and they want to connect to something bigger than themselves. And so people nowadays want to be changed and people want leaders who are going to be dynamic and influential and give them the roadmap and to work with them, to be vulnerable, to be accountable and all those things. And so when you do that, when you step up and you start getting on podcasts and you start writing blogs and you start writing your second book and you do all those things that I'm trying to do right now, man, you better be driven to do it. Now, today's a good example. Today, I was tired. I taught all week, and I knew I had to uh, or I wanted to do a podcast today. And, and man, my motivation was I kind of wanted to do it. Then I had to say, well, I'm determined to do it. And I was like, man, I'm driven to do it. And so in your own personal life, I see this for me that if you're going to fill that gap, you've got to be driven to do it. You cannot just be determined to do it. The sixth thing and the sixth point is start doing that stuff that fills the gap. So if you want to see yourself 100 pounds lighter, if you want to see yourself smarter or more intellectually uh, uh, with information, you have more intellect or you have more intellectual information to add to people or you want to find out more stuff, you got to start doing that stuff. You, You can't just sit around and say, well, someday it'll happen. You know, someday is not on the calendar. Today's on the calendar and you have to literally stop procrastinating and start putting action into those things that you want to get done. You want to fill that gap? 
I guarantee you one thing. There is no one out there in this world who's going to fill that gap for you. They're not going to do it. They're worried about their own gap. Matter of fact, they'll tell you your gap's too wide and that you can't fill it. And uh, that's fool's gold. That's not true. You've got to start putting action in to what you want to get done. And the seventh thing is, and the last point is, you have to be disciplined. You have to discipline yourself to do the things that are necessary to fill that gap. You got to read more. If you're going to be a better leader, you got to find ways to instruct more. You got to find ways to teach. Uh, I, I told folks this week in the classroom, when we left that classroom, there's, there's probably, I would say half of that class will not have an opportunity to teach a class in probably the next six months, unless they find an opportunity. So they have to put action into what they've learned this week, but they had to also find their audience. And I told them this week, you have to find your audience. You have to find a way, if you're determined, if you're disciplined, if you're focused, you find a way to close that gap by going out there and find your audience, wherever that may be. Some of them is going to be really easy because they got a built-in audience. They're training officers or they're head of agencies or They have a business where they can do it. Some of those folks, I'm telling you, half of those folks in that classroom are going to have a hard time finding their audience unless they go looking for it. So find a way to start putting action into it, and you've got to be disciplined. You know, I've been working out for a number, well, a, a lot of times, you know, for a long time in my life. And uh, really since I was 21, and I've really been more focused on it since I went to the FBI Academy when I was about 33 or 34 years old. And the one thing that I found out for me was that the thing I liked more than anything was discipline. And I used the physical realm of my life to keep me disciplined in other areas of my life. Like I don't like to run, but I make myself run. I don't like to get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to the gym when I'm teaching all day, but I make myself do it. And you have to, David Goggins says, you got to stay hard, man. You got to see the direction you're going and you got to stay hard. You can't let somebody, you know, say that you're not going to do it or yourself. I call this and I say this a lot about the physical realm. Uh, you have to win mind over mattress. And that mattress is soft and that mattress is warm. And you're probably sleeping next to somebody you want to sleep to. You got to be disciplined. So let's recap these for just a moment. The first steps, you got to know where you are. The second steps, you got to know where you're going. Third step, you got to be absolutely intellectually honest with yourself. The fourth step, you have to be realistic in terms of what you're trying to accomplish. The fifth thing is you have to be motivated and you have to stay motivated. It's one thing to be motivated. It's another thing to be to stay motivated and being driven to something will do that for you. The sixth thing is you got to start doing it. And the seventh thing is that once you do it, you got to stay extremely disciplined. Folks, it's been a great show. I, I hope you've I hope that I've helped you with some of these tips. I hope that you can feel the excitement in my voice for what I've learned this week and what I'm going to be trying to do in the future. We want you to hit that subscribe button and join LHLN and join Leaders Helping Leaders Network. We are we are so excited about the things that we're getting accomplished and the folks that we're reaching and we're hearing from folks all the time. Hit that subscribe button. Join us at LHLN.org. Be a part of our network. Look for our classes out there. 
Uh, our classes are the Intentional Leadership, our Master Presenter course. Uh, we're also doing active shooter stuff too. So take a look at us. Give us a chance to help you change your lives because we truly want to change lives of folks. We don't want to just make an impact. We want to make a major, major impact and a major, major difference in folks' lives. And the only way we can do that is with you. Thanks again, folks, and see you next time. You've been listening to the Straight Talk on Leadership podcast with Dean Crisp. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or Spotify so that you do not miss a future episode. Also, please visit our website, www.lhln.org, where you can find the show notes, links provided by our guests, and learn more about the Leaders Helping Leaders Network and our upcoming classes. Until our next episode in the No BS Zone, be sure to put your leadership into action every day. Thank you for listening.